Hi, I'm Lainey, host of the True Crime Fan Club podcast. If you're a true crime aficionado like I am, then my show is for you. Join me as I peel back the curtains in this immersive storytelling podcast that reveals the life and crimes of some of the most evil minds. At the end of each episode, you'll be left wondering, how will you sleep tonight? Search for True Crime Fan Club Podcast in any podcast directory. You won't want to miss an episode. Hello, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. I'm so happy with the voicemails I've gotten so far. Remember, you can go to the show notes at the bottom and click and leave me one to be featured in an upcoming special episode. I appreciate all the amazing love I've gotten, but I'm still in need of questions. And if you think someone's already at, must have already asked me a certain question, they probably haven't because I actually haven't gotten that many questions. Just a lot of amazing, like I said, love and it feels so good. It's like a little ego boost every day when I go listen. So if you have a question, leave it for me. And if you want to try to creep me out, I'd love that as well. I got one that (laughs) it sat with me for days. I even sent it to my friends because it was so creepy. So maybe one of you can shoot for giving me an actual nightmare via voicemail. I can't wait to hear from you. Now, Grab something to drink and let's get into this week's episode. First up is a story from Robert Hare. You know Robert from his stories, Oi Mia Cone. That was one of my favorites. That's the one where the mafia guys go out to the middle of like the Siberian tundra uh, home. And Simon, this week he has for us an Elma. Michael loved his rides home from work. They gave him time to unwind, figure things out at his own pace. This drive home was no different from the others. The roads were empty, save for him and his new 1959 Edsel Corsair. He absolutely adored that car. Its sleek, metallic blue paint with a shine so strong you could see a reflection. A body with sharp curves and rounded edges. Impeccable design, to say the least. The radio was the latest in the technology at the time. Its speaker flooded the cab with a warm undertone that seemed to whisk Michael away whenever he heard it. That new song, from Santo and Johnny, was playing. Sleepwalk, they called it. The smooth and buttery notes of the slide guitar seemed to caress his ears, while the gentle organ kept him in a state of obliviousness. He tapped his fingers along with the notes on his steering wheel. Not a care in the world. Hell of a song. Yes, sir, he whispered to himself. As the song came to an end, he realized he must have driven right past his own home. He could have sworn he wasn't driving for so long, but it was pretty obvious. This was definitely a part of the neighborhood he'd never seen before. Gosh, 
That song must have knocked me into another planet or something, Michael thought to himself. It wasn't entirely unlike him to lose himself in his own thoughts after all. He made a quick three-point turn and headed back to the familiar roads he drove past. As he was driving back, he turned the radio to a different station, hoping to catch the ball game. The L.A. Dodgers were going up against the Chicago White Sox in the first game of the World Series. Michael was a die-hard fan of the Dodgers. Number 32, Sandy Koufax, the left-handed pitcher who was with the team since they were in Brooklyn, was his idol. Kid grew up on the tough streets of New York City and made a name for himself. There was no way he'd miss this game. As the dial reached the numbers of the sports station, Michael became confused again. It was the same song he'd heard earlier. Sleepwalk. Michael was sure he'd found the sports station. He fiddled with the turner, but every station he found had the same savory notes pouring out of his speaker. Damn thing must be busted. Newest in car technology, my ass, he snorted. As he pulled his car into the driveway, Michael stayed until he heard the last notes of the song fade out. He'd take it into the shop later. What's-his-name would take care of it? That guy in the shop down the road. What was his name again? Oh, it's not that important, Mike thought. He gently opened the door to his house and announced, Honey, I'm home. While he took off his coat and hat to hang them on the coat rack, he started to hear a faint rumbling in his head. It almost sounded like people clapping. He rubbed his ears and it went away, so no harm, no foul, he thought. How was your day, dear? His wife, Catherine, asked. She stepped into the entranceway to give her husband a small kiss on the cheek. Her shirtwaist dress was black with white polka dots, and her garment belt was the same design. She had her neck-length jet black hair parted to the right with that wave at the bottom that Michael always loved. It made her look like she did in college when they met. Oh, it was fine, darling, just fine. But I tell you what, the strangest thing happened on my drive home. I was driving and I don't know what happened, but I ended up in some part of the neighborhood I'd never seen before. I could swear I was only driving about 20 minutes, but it's like time just skipped. Wow, that is strange, hun. Maybe you've just been working yourself too hard lately, but at least you're home now. Why don't you sit down in your chair and I'll get you the paper while I get supper ready. Maybe see what's on the television. That's a swell idea, Catherine. After Michael turned on the television, he settled into his favorite armchair. It sunk in as he sat down, then reinflated all around his body. Catherine brought over the paper, and Michael started to thumb through it. Before he could read the first word, the television caught his attention. Michael loved this show. My first guests tonight are something of newcomers in the music scene, so try to be kind to them. 
Although, after hearing them play, I doubt you'd have to fake any kind of joy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Santo and Johnny playing their new hit song, The crowd began to applaud, and the notes started to flood Mike's ears again. He sat in shock as he pondered how this could be. As the song drew to a close, the audience applauded again. Dick Clark came back on the screen. Dick stopped and looked at the camera and continued. And make sure she always remembers you. Mike was completely dumbfounded. After seeming to not be able to escape the sweet hypnotic song for what seemed like the entire day, he had a thought. Probably just some corporate fat cat in the record business, making sure his new act gets as much airtime as possible. That way, he can line his pockets and laugh all the way to the bank, he thought to himself. With that, he shoved the thought aside and picked up the paper again. Just as he was about to start reading, Catherine called out. Dinner's ready, dear. Michael folded the paper on his lap. Come in, Catherine. The couple sat at the table amid the soft clinking noise of silverware. How was the roast, sweetheart? Absolutely delicious, Catherine. You're so quiet tonight. Is something troubling you? Just some little things here and there. Nothing too serious, Catherine. Like what? Well, I've just felt... I I don't know off today. First, I got lost on my drive home from work. Then the radio on the car got stuck on a station or something that kept playing this song called Sleepwalk. Then, when I got home and turned on the television, American Bandstand had the exact same song playing. Just weird, you know? Darling, it sounds like with odds of something like that happening, you should be playing the lottery. After Catherine stopped talking, Michael could hear that noise in his head again. That faint rumbling. Only this time it sounded like people laughing. He rubbed his ears again and it slowly started to fade. I don't know, Catherine. Something just doesn't feel right. You're not going to blame my cooking, are you? There was the noise again, a little more pronounced this time. No, no, Catherine, I'm being completely serious. Something doesn't feel right. Just then, a rapid three knocks came from the front door. Milkman! Michael looked at Catherine. I'll get it. Michael opened the front door to see a young man, maybe 25 or so his white uniform neatly pressed, and a big, gaping smile across his face. Evening, Mr. Morrissey. Got your milk right here for you. Thank you very much, br- br- 
I, I, I'm sorry. I'm having a bit of an odd day. I can't seem to quite recall. It's Brandon, sir. Been your milkman for as long as I can remember. Brandon. Yes, of course. I am so sorry. Think nothing of it, Mr. Morrissey. You and the missus have a fantastic night. Thank you, Brandon. You too. Michael closed the door and brought the glass container over to the table. Has that young man always been our milkman? Michael asked Catherine. Sure he has. Then why couldn't I remember his name? Just then, they heard a loud crash outside. Brandon's voice cried out. Mr. Morrissey, you might want to come outside, sir. Seems I have a bit of explaining to do. (laughs) Michael heard the sound of laughter again in the back of his head. He tried rubbing his ears, but it didn't seem to lessen it at all this time. It just faded away on its own. Michael shook his head. Better go have a look, he said. As Mike stepped outside, he saw what Brandon meant. He did indeed have some explaining to do. His Edsel Corsair sitting there, her metallic blue paint, her chrome bumper, her cloth retractable roof. All of it was now nothing more than a heap of metal. The milkman's truck had seemingly crashed into the side of it at what must have been full speed. Brandon stood next to the truck, his white uniform still pristine, his smile still wide and toothy. Sorry, Mr. Morrissey. (laughs) Laughter. Michael ignored it as he stormed over to Brandon. What the hell happened? Oh, terribly sorry about that, Mr. Morrissey. But you see, there's something that I need to tell you. Damn right there is. <laughs> Laughter again. Only this time it was loud. Louder than Michael had heard it before. He clapped his hands over his ears, lowered his head, and gritted his teeth waiting for it to subside. You hear it too, don't you, Mr. Morrissey? The laughter? The clapping? Mike looked up at Brandon. His demeanor had completely changed. He still had that gigantic smile, but it looked strained and forced. His eyes were tearing. He wiped a few beads of sweat from his forehead. We all hear it, Mr. Morrissey, he said in a quivering voice. We all hear it. Just then, Catherine opened the door and shouted, Oh, darling, just come back inside. We'll call the police and they can file a report. Come on now, your supper is getting cold. Brandon looked at Catherine. No worries, ma'am. I'll be sure to tell the officers it was all my fault. He turned to Michael and put a hand on his shoulder, staring him dead in the eyes. His mouth still in that painstaking smile, he whispered, Make sure she always remembers you. Without another word, 
He got into his milk truck and sped off. Michael stood utterly dumbfounded. He slowly stepped back into the house. Catherine, I'm telling you, something is terribly wrong. Oh, darling, you're just being paranoid. Come sit and eat. No, Catherine, listen to me. I. God damn it. Sit down and eat. She screamed as she slammed both her fists into the table. As the plates and silverware stopped rattling, she regained her composure. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just that I put so much effort into cooking this dinner for you, and I'd hate to see it just sit there. So, take your seat, or your food will get cold, and then it would just be a waste. Michael shook his head and backed away. He'd never seen his wife acting like this. Come to think of it, he never saw the fancy china and silverware before, either. Michael began to feel slightly panicked. He started to glance around the room, taking careful note of his surroundings. The wallpaper, beige. The carpet, dark brown. The record player, sat with a record on the turntable. Did you put that record on the player? He asked. Catherine stared at him with a concerned look. Michael approached and put the needle on the record. Those smooth notes of the slide guitar. That hypnotic melody. Sleepwalk! He whispered in a panicked voice. His head started to spin as the laughing in his head grew steadily. Don't you hear that? I don't hear anything, Catherine replied. The laughing? The applause? Brandon mentioned it after he hit my car. Brandon? Catherine asked in a concerned tone. The milkman! You said it yourself! He's always been our milkman. Catherine sighed heavily. <sighs> oh, I see. She said meekly. He wanted to make sure I remembered. Michael stood in shock. Catherine looked at the floor and began to tear up. She wiped the corner of her eye. She inhaled and put on a smile. Well, I guess I'll go get dessert, she said with a nervous chuckle. Michael continued to stand perfectly still, trying desperately to make sense of what had just transpired. As Catherine slowly walked into the kitchen and out of his line of sight, she started talking to him again, in a trembling voice. I really have to say, I'm at a loss for words. I've tried everything to give you what I couldn't before. This perfect house, the perfect car, a perfect life. Just like in the TV shows. A brief moment of silence, followed by the soft clinking of plates. 
but nothing seems to be enough for you. I try and try, but it never changes. But I think I know what you want, darling. Catherine stepped slowly out of the kitchen, one plate of cherry pie in each hand. Her head hung down with her jet black hair covering her face. Is this what you want, darling? She said in a gravelly voice. Michael noticed something dripping off each plate. He stepped forward and stopped suddenly. Her wrists were facing upward with three long vertical slashes going up each arm. Blood slowly trickled out and into the dishes as she sobbed. Then she slowly lifted her head. Her face lost all color and her black eyeliner left streaks down her cheeks. As she lifted her head further up, she showed her neck. One long, deep cut stretched across it with crimson fountains pouring out. Is this what you want? Slowly, she stepped forward. The sound of blood drops hitting the carpet filled the space between the footsteps. I've tried to apologize. I've tried to make amends, but you just don't stop. Each step Michael took back was followed by a step forward from Catherine. Her sobs growing heavier each time, his back pressed up against the wall. She stood staring at him. Her eyes grew black as she whispered into his ear. Michael suddenly realized where he was, why he was there, what he needed to do. No, you need to remember us. Catherine stared at her husband. Her lip began to quiver as she let out a scream of agony. Michael put his hand on her shoulder. We'll be together. Forever. Patient number 022617. Name, Catherine Morrissey. Sex, female. Weight, 149 pounds. Height, 5 foot 6 inches. Ethnicity, white. Hair, brown. Eyes, brown. Identifying marks, scars on wrists and neck. Age, 56. Aliases, none. Patient history, extreme bipolar depression. Patient number 022617 was brought in after she was found with self-inflicted cuts on both her wrists and across her neck. She was discovered by a neighbor after he noticed that the family hadn't left the house for work in the morning. Catherine was confirmed to have murdered her husband Michael and her son Brandon before attempting to take her own life with the same knife she used on her family. 
Upon entering the ward, she was heard screaming, I just want to forget. I just want to forget. With further questioning, she elaborated that her deceased husband and son haunt her dreams. She said, They come to me every night. I try to stop them, but they always make me remember. I have begun to notice that with each night that passes, she becomes more and more unhinged. I will soon be recommending a sleep study and continue intensive therapy. The patient will be closely monitored until her condition improves. Dr. David Howell, psychologist, Hardak State Mental Institution. Our last story of the night is by author Emily May. This is What Happens to Monsters. Do you ever just feel someone or something watching you? You're not alone. But then again, are we ever alone? I've always had problems with having a healthy sleep schedule, so recently I downloaded an app that would track my sleep. I would turn it on before I fell asleep at night, and it would supposedly record my REM cycle, some sounds I would make in my sleep, and how long I stayed in bed that night. I also listen to the Scare You to Sleep podcast to fall asleep. Oddly enough, the stories put me to sleep. Please note that I have it set so only one episode plays and then the podcast shuts off. So, beginning the first few nights I was using the sleep tracker, everything was normal. I'd fall asleep and when I woke up, I would giggle at the snores my dog would make during the night. I honestly don't think it helped with my sleep schedule, but there was no harm being done either. September 16th. It's been two days since I've downloaded the app. It's been pretty bland. I've begun to listen to the sounds before I fall asleep at night. I'm simply uninterested in the morning. I clean up for bed and then head into my room and begin to listen to the sounds that the tracker picked up the night before. The first one is always the podcast I listen to. The second one I get is a bit odd. It picks up a sound at 11.42. It's a low, mechanical laughter. Not a sound my dog or I could possibly make. For a minute or two, I think of a possible explanation for the sound. I conclude that an insect or something pressed on my phone's mic I know it's not likely, but it is the best explanation I could come up with. September 20th. I'm so exhausted. I've worked four doubles in a row at the restaurant on top of classes. Every muscle in my body is ready to sleep. I put a plate of spaghetti in the microwave and I sit at my kitchen table. I open up my phone, answer a few messages, and then I go to the tracker. The first one, as always, is the podcast. The children run and play. They eat well, and they're always farmed for families who will never go looking for them. You're also looking for 
Then there are some sounds of me adjusting the blankets and my dog snoring. The fifth one listed is again at 11.42. I click play and I hear a man's voice. The same voice. Mechanical. I can't hear him clear, but I can pick up a few words. He's talking about a girl. I hear a few hers and she's in the clip. I could only hear one thing clearly, and he said, I'll be watching. I listened to the clip a few more times, trying to decipher a few more words. I sit at the table, chewing my nails in fear and frustration. I know I will continuously worry about it if I have it on my phone still. Maybe it's some kind of joke or a prank. I don't know where the sound would have come from. I live with no men. My phone was on airplane mode with just that one episode downloaded. With the app uninstalled, all of the clips are deleted. I just need to pretend it never happened. I go to bed with the lights on. September 21st. I've come to the conclusion that I shouldn't ignore the man. I have to at least figure out where the sound is coming from. A bug in the app? Hacking? Maybe something else? I'll need to figure it out for myself. My mind is driving me crazy. I hardly slept last night. I'm going to get a burner phone and install a different tracking app onto it. I plan on shutting off my personal phone and moving it to the garage. <laughs> I, I know it seems silly, but I need to figure this thing out. I feel bad for this, but I'm locking my dog out of the room, just to guarantee that it wasn't him. September 22nd. Out of pure curiosity, I check the burner first thing in the morning. I listen to the recordings multiple times, but it is all normal. Just some mumbling in my sleep and turning of the sheets. No creepy man, nothing. I plan on continuing with the burner phone for another week just to be sure, but the problem may be linked to my personal phone. September 27. He's He's fucking back. The goddamn burner phone picked up his voice last night while I was asleep. And it was at the same damn time. 11.42. I can't keep doing this. Is it possible it could be a bug in the app? What scares me the most is that his voice was no longer mechanical. It was almost like he was right with me. He said, I'll always be watching, no doubt. I'm always a step away. It was like he was whispering into the mic himself. Like, like I said, I live with no men. But if someone broke in, my dog would have barked and I would have been woken up. It has to be linked to the burner phone, right? I'm tossing out the burner phone and bringing in an old-fashioned recorder today. I need to be sure before I completely panic. 
September 28th, 9.13 a.m. I've called in sick to work ever since I heard him for the second time. I'm too much of a mess to work right now. But I'm also scared to be home by myself. I have to review six hours of my sleep from last night. Because it's an older recorder and not a cell phone. It doesn't automatically turn on and off. I'll be back with an update. Soonish. 2.49pm I dread that I have come to the conclusion that someone or something has been physically in my room at night. The recorder picked up his voice again and it's no longer mechanical. Starting at 11.42 I heard some sort of scraping like metal on metal. I heard his disgusting voice say I bet you regret everything now. Now, you are trapped. I see you now, and you will see me soon. That last sentence struck panic in me. My blood is rushing with adrenaline, and I am shaking with fright. I planned my next steps. I drove my dog to a friend's house where he will be spending the next few nights. I checked my closets and under my bed for anyone or anything. I came up with nothing. I locked my door and boarded up my window. I lined the door frame and window with salt and burnt sage. I unlocked my father's old pistol from its safe and loaded it, safety still on. I grabbed a book to keep me company. This is going to be an all-nighter. 11.40 p.m. With a shaky hand, I click the gun safety off. My father taught me one thing useful, and that's how to shoot a gun. The whole house is quiet. I swear I can hear my heart thudding against my chest. I check my clock and see the hand hit 11.41. I doubt I'll even hear anything, I think to myself. This isn't even real. I'm being childish. I hear a rattle and then see my locked door handle shake like the person behind it is filled with rage. It stops for just a second. And it's almost like the salt line I made is blown away. The door bursts open. I see him. Tall, pale gray skin. He reeks of blood. Glowing green eyes with cat-like pupils. Greasy black feathers on his head. And bottom half of his body like a raven's disgusting black claws on his hands and bare feet his ribs were pressing against his scaly gray skin and his teeth are yellow and sharp and there's definitely more than 32 
He stands still, glaring at me, his throat holding in a deep growl. I stare in both fear and confusion. What is he? I stutter. What do you want? In less than a second, he is just inches away from me and smacks the gun out of my hands. I pull the trigger just as the gun is leaving my hands. There's a loud bang, but I didn't hit him. He glares down at me for what seems like eternity. I wait for him to speak. You thought it would be that easy, you bitch. Uh, uh, no. You thought something like that could even injure something as powerful as me? <laughs> he cackles. What are you? He turns away to look at the scattered salt. Rude question, don't you think? It's none of your concern. He pauses. And, seriously, with the salt, what are you trying to do here? Take down a load of snails? What a sad mortal you are. I just stare. Out of confusion. What do you want? He smiles. Ear to ear. His yellow teeth bared. I guess we'll just need to see. He snaps his clawed fingers and all is dark. September 29th. I wake up the next morning. My gun is missing. My head hurts. It's almost like a hangover. Did that seriously happen? I rub my head and make my way to the door. I turn the knob and as I do so, I feel an icy pain in my left shoulder and my t-shirt is damp. I hold my shoulder in pain and walk to the bathroom to investigate what happened to my shoulder. I lift up my blood-stained shirt and just underneath, there are three deep gashes about three inches long, like a cat scratch, but shit, this might need stitches. Did he do this? I look at my face in the mirror, and just behind me, I see him. I told you that you would regret it. He growls. Come with me. I'll show you. Thank you so much to the authors for allowing me to turn both of your stories into this piece of art. And yes, I'm confident enough to say that these stories 
on my show are art. It's my way of doing art. I take, you know, I don't have paint, but I have your stories to add atmosphere and sound effects to, and I make it this really cool thing that I feel like you and I have worked on together, and it's awesome. So if you have a short story you'd like on the show, um, send it to scareyoutosleep at gmail.com. Don't feel like you need to be uh, some professional author either. I have so many people who it's, I've gotten so many who the authors have told me this is the first story they've ever written. And so, you know, I think it's amazing and it's cathartic to just write down all your scares into a story. Um, I am still accepting true stories too. I just don't know when the next time I'm going to do a true story episode is. So for those of you who have sent those in, thank you so much. And they just go into a file, but I don't do those very often. So it might be a while before you hear that on the show. Also, the show has gotten a little bit bigger lately and I've been getting a lot of submissions, which is amazing. I, that is not a problem, but I just want you to know that if I haven't gotten back to you about a story, it's because I'm so behind and it even I may have even reached out to you and gotten you to sign the release form to allow me to use your story and I haven't used it in about a month. Like tonight, Emily, I, oh, and both, both of these stories, Emily and Robert, both of these stories I've been, had locked and loaded and ready to go. I just, it took me a while to get to them because I have so many submissions these days. <laughs> and again, it's not a problem. I just wanted to let you all know that I'm not ignoring you. I just, it's an overwhelming amount of submissions. Um, if it's been like a while, while, feel free to shoot me an email and be like, Hey, I sent this to you like last September. Um, and it may have just been misfiled. And that is on me because I'm the only one who handles all that stuff. <laughs> So there's definitely a lot of room for user error. Um, I don't have much else to say. Just please leave me voicemails. Um, please ask me questions. Like I said in the beginning, if you think someone's asked me, ask me again. It doesn't matter. I really haven't gotten that many questions. I've gotten a lot that are just so adoring and so amazing and have actually boosted my confidence to a, an incredible level. So keep sending those too, but I would really love just throwing a question at the end. Ask me what... I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, maybe this is why you haven't been asking me questions. It's kind of hard to come up with questions. Ask me what my natural hair color is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go. I, oh, I did bake this week. Um, I made a strawberry cake with strawberry cream cheese frosting. Um, I did that earlier this week though. Um, so yeah, tonight I'm going to have Chinese food. It's actually almost here. I've been watching it on my phone and uh, my Chinese food is almost here. So I'm going to go. You have a lovely weekend and a lovely week. Drink your water, please, for me. Um, yeah, I think that's all. Oh, follow the show on all the social medias. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The Facebook group officially hit 3,000 people and that is incredible and i'm so happy to see all of you and talk to all of you and it's great um so yeah, see you there see you in the discord chat sometimes when i remember to check in because i'm very bad at social media things um all right go get some sleep sweet dreams